Season 2, Episode 31, because we're going to two episodes a week now. So this is the regular weekend episode. And of course, we'll do another bonus episode coming up on the middle of the week for the next week. So, yes, we've got so much stupidity. We now want to give it to give it to you in bite-sized morsels and still keep it just as juicy. So, yes, indeed, we've got another great visit with Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew, and some more insane games. And I have a head cold. Yeah, nothing like going through Easter weekend. It's, it's hard to taste your candy whenever you've got you know, that aftertaste of mucus in the back of your throat. So, of course, it's really, really, you know, kind of awkward having a head cold in coronavirus season because you have to keep, you know, explaining to people that you're not contagious, you know. And, and unfortunately, there's no vaccination card to show for sinus congestion. Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Well, hello once again. I'm Eric Lane, and welcome to my stupid world. And yes, we got, uh, again, more stupidity than we can cram into one podcast. And we are now doing two episodes a week. And so this is the weekend episode where we'll also have my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero, show up with some great Florida stories as well. And, of course, we'll play a few insane games while we're at it. Um, but uh, just a little reminder, in case um, you've either forgotten or the first time that you're listening, um, I'm just giving these stories, they're all true, as examples of stupidity to prevent you from doing anything as stupid. I'm not endorsing and encouraging, agreeing with, or um, popularizing any of these uh, things, but um, I'm certainly getting a lot of fun and mileage out of them. Um, first off, um, how much mileage are you getting out of what you name your kids? Now, I realize when my wife and I began thinking of names for our kids, it was you know, not something to be taken lightly. She wanted names I thought were more Amish, and I preferred names that were more Scottish. Um, but if you're looking for inspiration for baby names, maybe your answer is sitting in your spice rack? No, really. It seems these days it's getting more popular to name kids after herbs and spices. Hmm. Just go to the local KFC and start naming off all those herbs and spices in their original chicken recipe or something. Actually, if you look at the data from the Social Security Administration, there's a lot of those names starting to come up. And, well, here are just some of the more popular ones from 2019, which is the most recent year that's available. Number one, for boys anyway, 666 boys was Sage. The same name was popular for 1,164 girls. The second most popular was Juniper, 
22 boys got named Juniper. I think I'd probably bury myself if I were named Juniper. 1,526 girls were named Juniper. Then there's Jasmine. Okay, I can probably go with that. 2,092 girls were named Jasmine. How about number four on the list? Uh, 71 boys were named Basil and 28 girls. <laughs> oh, boy. And um, only 628 girls only were named the fifth most popular, which is Poppy. I'm not sure I like that one either. Now, there were also at least five babies named Thyme, Saffron, Curry, Clove, Cayenne, that's interesting, Anise, which is kind of a cool name, and then Mace. I'm not sure why you would name a baby Mace, unless you probably think the kid's going to have trouble defending itself. Now, I think those uh, names are a little too spicy for me. But one guy is finding out that, well, as you might expect, people are going back into the old archives and finding out his jokes are too spicy. Good old Jay Leno is having to apologize for decades of anti-Asian jokes, dating from his early career right through his Tonight Show days up to as recently as 2019 when he made cracks about Koreans eating dog meat while guest judging America's Got Talent. Now, the Asians dog meat thing was one of his go-to punchlines for years. But now, in the wake of these rising violence against Asian Americans, now Leno is apologizing. He said, quote, I genuinely thought them to be harmless. I was making fun of our enemy North Korea, and like most jokes, there was a ring of truth to them. There was a prevailing attitude that some group is always complaining about something, so don't worry about it. Whenever we received a complaint, there would be two sides to the discussion. Either we need to deal with this or screw them if they can't take a joke. Too many times I sided with the latter, even when in my heart I knew it was wrong. Now, some are classifying this as just uh, another non-apology apology. And others are kind of freaking out about cancel culture coming for good old Jay Leno. He was facing pressure from an activist group called MANA, M-A-N-A-A, the Media Action Network for Asian Americans. Of course, they have to have an organization like that. They've been after him for about 15 years for his Asian jokes, but he does seem genuine. He said, I am issuing this apology. I do not consider this particular case to be another example of cancel culture, but a legitimate wrong that was done on my part. M-A-N-A-A has been very gracious in accepting my apology. I hope that the Asian American community will be able to accept it as well. I, I hope that I can live up to their expectations in the future. Now, Jay is hosting a new version of the game show, You Bet Your Life. It's going to premiere in syndication this fall. But now the cynics will say that he's really apologizing now because cancel culture is threatening to take his career away, and maybe he was just feeling the heat. But I'll at least give him credit for admitting that he was wrong and that he probably could have done better and not just saying that it was a different time or something. And by the way, for what it's worth, uh, Leno is pushing 71. I, and I've also asked, uh, well, someone to come in and apologize on behalf of Jay Leno for those insensitive things that he said about the people from Asia. Hello, I am Jay Leno. I'd like to sincerely apologize for making jokes about North Koreans. I should have realized that my words not only hurt North Koreans, but regular Koreans, too. 
I'm sorry I didn't stick to the more widely accepted Polish and Italian jokes. I'm sure there's still a lot of meat left on that how many does it take to screw in a light bulb bone? No one's tired of those yet. But as I sit on the piles of money I made from telling insensitive jokes, I realize now is the best time to own up to my mistakes. Because, honestly, what are you going to do? Take the money back? Apologetically yours, Jay Leno. Now I hope everybody feels better. But I'm not sure I feel too much better about this. I mean, just because two things taste good separately doesn't always mean they're going to taste good together. I mean, take, for instance, what I talked about in an earlier podcast of the mashups of the Heinz condiments. But look, maybe this won't be so bad, but think about this. Pepsi and Peeps teamed up to make a new soda for Easter. And it's Pepsi, but with a Peeps marshmallow flavor added in. It's in a three-pack of cans that are yellow, pink, and blue, of course. The Peeps Pepsi wasn't sold in stores. If you wanted it, you had to enter a contest on Twitter and Instagram. You were supposed to take a picture of yourself doing your favorite springtime activities in a safe, socially distant manner, and then tag at Pepsi and use the hashtags hanging with my peeps and hashtag Pepsi sweepstakes. They gave away a total of 3,170 three-packs, according to the fine print, so I'm sure there were decent odds of probably winning one. Pepsi and Peeps are introducing a new soda for a limited time. Get ready for Peepsy. It's not only intolerably sweet, it comes out the same color that goes in. That's right. Your urine will be the same color and smell as the Peepsy you just drank. Now available in classic Dayglow yellow, bubblegum pink, and candy cobalt blue. Peepsy. Drink the rainbow. Pee the rainbow. Not sure I would want to have Peeps Pepsi to wash down my food, but these two guys are in jail because, well, they were a little too good at being waiters. See, Jacob Jordan and Robert Lee, they're both waiters who do the graveyard shift at a Denny's restaurant in Bryant, Arkansas, which is kind of in the, I don't know, central, east central part of the state. And they both had a table um, that they were waiting on for a plate of chicken tenders. So the cooks put out one plate. Jacob and Robert got into a fight over whose table was going to get it. There you go. Eventually, they started throwing punches, and the cops were called in. And when the cops ran their IDs, they found that both of the guys had lots of outstanding warrants. So both guys were arrested for battery, and now they'll be facing the other charges as well. No word on whether their customers ever got their chicken nuggets or not, but don't think I've ever been to a restaurant where I've had waiters fighting over who was going to bring me my food. <laughs> well, how do you say you may now kiss the bride in Wookie? A 27-year-old guy just posted on Reddit about an issue that he's having with his 26-year-old fiance. They got engaged on Valentine's Day, and it turns out they have... Um, some very different versions for their wedding. She wants something formal and glamorous. He wants a Star Wars theme. Like, I mean, he wants to go all out. Like, he's talking about hiring stormtroopers to dance and groomsmen in Jedi robes and using Star Wars music for the first dance. But his fiance, 
isn't even into Star Wars. He said, she doesn't want anything Star Wars at our wedding at all. I suggested that we could plan half the wedding. She handles the ceremony and I plan the reception. She said no to that too. But the guy's sticking with it though. He said, this is my wedding too. And I should get to decide at least half the day. We share finances, so I'm paying enough to get a say too. Pretty much every single person who's commented on Reddit has sided with the fiancé. Kind of like whenever I was dating the, well, who would eventually be my wife. Uh, true story. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, I like Star Wars, but I'm not nuts about it. I'm more of a Star Trek-y guy, okay? So when I took my wife back to Arkansas to visit my folks and attend our family reunion, um, it happened to be over the Thanksgiving week, and of course that was typically the week if there's going to be a new release of a Star Trek movie, it usually come over Thanksgiving, and I was going to go see it. She had no interest in Star Trek, so she went to a chick flick, and I went to see Captain Kirk. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to stick with what you have to stick to. Well, nothing, I know it wasn't that romantic, but nothing says romance, romance like sending your new girlfriend to the accounts receivable department. Now, there's a woman who just posted another story on the Reddit's Relationships channel about their first romantic weekend away with her new boyfriend. As they were planning, he sent her a spreadsheet, literally breaking down the cost of everything to the very cent, telling me, she says, I owed him $167.99. I would happily have just given him 200 bucks to cover my share of the weekend. He's an accountant, so... I get that he kind of does spreadsheets for a living, but this has ruined the whole vibe of the weekend for me. I'm his new girlfriend, not a client to send an invoice outlining every cent. Am I right to feel this weird and unreasonable? So, I don't know, what do you, what do you think? Is this like a red flag? I mean, well, not all of the responses are taking her side. I mean, most of them are, but some people are giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. One person actually said she's with him because she likes him so far, and he seems a bit of a dork. But honestly, there's much worse things. He just probably needs a, to chill out a touch, you know? I don't know. But, uh, wow. I'm sure that they'll have a well-balanced honeymoon if they ever get married. And say what you will about taxes using TurboTax. At least it's never threatened to kill anybody. There's a 46-year-old woman named Latunia Wright who runs a tax prep service in Houston, Texas. Well, it seems that she hasn't been doing a very good job. Now, my dad was a public accountant, and he was in good practice for about 42 years. But there was this couple that was in her office complaining about some issues with the tax refund that Latonia got them. And another woman in the office named Marquita Boyle, um, who was there because Latonia got audited by the IRS. Well... When the couple started complaining about their refund, Latunia grabbed a gun and pointed it at them and then cocked it. Now, Marquita then started filming. Latunia walked up and hit her and smashed the phone. And I'm going to need you to go ahead and go ahead. She had the gun pointed at him and then she turned around with the gun and she actually cocked the gun. You actually cocked the gun at people that paid for your company's services and wanted to know what was going on. My anxiety is through the roof. Thank goodness no shots were fired. And Latunia was arrested for aggravated robbery and aggravated assault. Jeez. 
I mean, this lady definitely is working in the wrong tax service, frankly. I mean, sounds to me like she needs to be employed at uh, H&R Glock. If you're a tax accountant with difficult customers, it might be time to go to H&R Glock. If they're upset about their refund, show them your 1040 and your 10 millimeter. Rifle through the papers. Make them familiar with your flash suppression exemption. Then offer them a strong rate of return fire. They'll probably have an automatic deduction in their pants. H&R Glock, where you can hold your customers over a barrel. And now cancel culture has come for SpongeBob. That's right. Well, in a manner of speaking, I mean, it's not clear if anyone asked for this, but Nickelodeon has decided to remove two episodes due to the non-kid-friendly content. One is SpongeBob SquarePants' Midlife Crustacean from Season 3, where SpongeBob, Patrick, and Mr. Krabs go on a panty raid at a woman's house, not realizing that they're at the home of Mrs. or Mr. Krabs' mother. This one has actually been out of rotation since about 2018. And then the other episode is a Quarantined Crab from season 12. Now, in this one, the Krusty Crab is placed on emergency quarantine after a virus called the Clam Flu starts spreading. Well, they pull that one over the, quote, sensitivities surrounding the global real-world pandemic. <laughs> Whoops, a little too close to home, and uh, I like this. Anything involving squirrels is always a lot of fun. I mean, squirrels know nothing of organized religion, uh, unless, of course, uh, you are in a Mississippi squirrel revival. But a squirrel accidentally got trapped overnight inside one of the oldest churches in Mackinac Island, Michigan, and did some serious damage. The critter broke apart a figure of Jesus on an antique crucifix and also sent the cross crashing to the floor. The damage was discovered over the winter by the church's administrative assistant, who said she initially thought vandals had broke in after spotting plants that were tipped over and candles that were knocked down. But the church's maintenance engineer spotted the little furry intruder and chased it back outside. The day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous church in that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. It was a fight for survival that broke out. I guess they suspect the squirrel had gotten into the through a door, uh, you know, someone had left open and then found itself trapped inside overnight. The little rodent also chewed up, uh, I don't know, some of the wooden windowsills, likely in just some fruit, fruitile, uh, futile attempt to escape. Uh, the crucifix, though, dating back to the early 1900s, was eventually plastered back together and repainted, thankfully. And the Suez Canal, you've heard about this old story, finally got itself reopened and unclogged after that massive container ship that had been stuck sideways in the waterway for nearly a week finally was freed. Unstuck The cargo ship's free Bringing stuff from across the seas Unstuck Tugboats working real hard To unclog the Suez Canal Unstuck 
boat weighs two hundred twenty thousand tons. Unstuck boat that holds a buckle was really dumb. They should fire the captain who screwed up his job real bad. Unstuck, not blocked anymore. Now the crap it has can get to the stores. Unstuck, freed up the boat. Unstuck. A group of tugboats. Aided by high tide, and after days of removing earth from around where the ship was embedded, finally allowed the container ever given to be freed. More than 420 ships had been halted waiting for that canal to reopen, and at least 113 of them were expected to cross the canal over the following 12-hour period. Now, analysts said that it could take probably another 10 days for all the backlog ships to go through. And, well... If you'd like to feel that same sense of relief, though, in your own canal, you might say, you might think of trying this new version of a well-known laxative. Ugh, I'm so constipated. It's like I have a container ship stuck in my Suez. Then you need all-new Canal Strength Metamucil, the most powerful laxative you can buy. I feel like I'm so backed up, it's affecting 15% of global trade. Just two spoonfuls of Canal Strength Metamucil has the power of 100 tugboats. Are you sure? Because my belly barge won't budge. Take it right before bedtime, and you'll be amazed at the next morning's results. Phew! That was one massive ship. Keep the cargo moving through your waterway with Canal Strength Metamucil. All this trending news about the stuck barges, uh, Meredith Margaret in Mountain View, Arkansas, thrilled by the news that it has now been freed from the Suez Canal and reminds her of a similar story about the time she got stuck. Well, everybody is talking about that boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Uh, reminds me of the time I got stuck in the porta potty at a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> that boat might have been holding up global trade, but man, that's nothing compared to the drunken parrot heads I had to face once the fire department finally got me dislodged. Uh, uh, what happened was, I dropped my flask down the commode, uh, the cherished flask my great-grandma gave me, you know, when I got early release. Uh, so I stuck my arm down in there to fish it out, and I got stuck as a duck. My cries for help were drowned out by a cheeseburger in paradise, but finally, the parrot heads ran out of patience, thrust the door open, and saw me elbow deep stuck in the commode. Long story short, I ended up with a sprained wrist and a real weird rash, but I got my flask back. Okay, y'all, I gotta go. Uh, I'm doing my taxes, and I'm trying to figure out if I can deduct Marlboro Miles. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of 
my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Meet me in the shade of the sunshine tree, pretty little Florida sunshine tree, in the shade of the sunshine tree. Here is the 30-year-old man here, turning 30. That's right. This is Pancho Guero in uh, Florida, your Florida correspondent. <laughs> Pancho Viejo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's old man. I was reading your mind already. <laughs> yeah, you know, Randy Stonehill has had a song called Turning 30. I thought of playing that for you as you come on. Well, um, I had a friend of mine send me a... Uh, a SpongeBob Old Man Jenkins meme, followed nice. by the Mr. Krabs "Because You're Old" song. <laughs> yes. Now, now it's going to have to be uh, a matter of trying to keep everything from sagging. <laughs> oh, the only thing uh, I, I wish that, but my schedule could have a little bit of sagging right now because. Well, but- uh, it's you birthday gotta, season here for us. Yeah, one after another. Sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and and you were blowing up balloons. I uh, so I'm sitting in a room right now. I, I can't move. I can't swivel my chair around without fear of just hearing massive amounts of squeaky latex because I'm surrounded by over 120 balloons that I just blew up by um, by hand and mouth. Wow. Well, I knew you were full of hot air, but this, I'm, I'm glad to see it's being put to good use. You didn't realize just how much hot air. This is a, <laughs> um, this is a Mrs. Poncho thing. Uh, Poncha. You could think Poncha. Well, actually, I have Poncha to thank for these uh, copious amounts of balloons. Oh, boy. The thing is, the kid is a year old. Do you think he's going to remember it? No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is all for a photo op opportunity for us. Yes, and, and and to show the kid whenever he's getting ready to take his first date out for a for a night out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, he'll yeah. he'll at least have pictures to look back on and to know that we celebrated and you know just carry on tradition and you know we don't right. want to look like lazy parents and give That's a bad true. example to future uh, Panchito. That's true. That's true. Well, it's a very, very charming thing to do, you know. And well, just to get started, I know that um, now you you're you've turned thirty and you've been married now for a few years, and you probably are able to charm Mrs. Pancho very well. Um, but no matter how charming you think you might be, I don't think anybody will ever be more. Uh, than the the French fry charmer. There's there's a story I got here about it's a 26 year old woman named Collier Fernickies who lives in D.C. She recently matched 
with a guy, and his name is John, uh, on Tinder. And John, his first message to her was a detailed recipe for the French fries that he wanted to make for her. French fries. So he writes, hey, I want you to come over so I can make you some Cajun fries. I'm going to buy some low-moisture Yukon gold potatoes and boil them for you. I'm going to refrigerate them overnight in different water from the water I boiled them in. And he just keeps going on and on and on from there. So Collier says that she loved how different and specific the message was. So she goes and tweets it. And the tweet goes viral. And before her and John had their first Zoom date, well, there were more than 66,000 people who were invested into what would happen. And fortunately, it went fairly well. That She says that after she gets the vaccine, they're going to meet up in person for those Cajun fries. And <laughs> she'll keep, keep everybody on social media updated. <laughs> would, you, would you have ever thought in 100 years that a French fry recipe could have charmed a woman like that? I, I had no idea when you were talking about about a French fry charmer. I was expecting someone who was like picking up venomous French fries and not getting bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I, would you would you consider yourself to be that charming that you would actually put out a, a recipe for somebody to impress the girl? I well, so I've never put out a recipe for someone, but I, I have surprised uh, pa, Mrs. Poncho. This is when she was still just. Pa- the, the, the pancha, Miss Pancha. Um, uh-huh. And uh, surprised her with, with uh, you know, meals every once in a while where I'd get like a whole big thing done up for when she arrived at my condo. And uh, but wow. never, never the fries. No, no, she would be a sweet potato fry person anyway. So those Yukon Gold, I, I don't think she's going to be into that Yukon Gold. Uh, it's just not her type, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, unfortunately, uh, cooking in me is just not going to work. I I could never charm. I would probably run the woman off (laughs) or she would take she would take pity on me and decide she's going to have to cook for me because I would probably starve. (laughs) Not the kind of relationship that you want, though, huh? No, no. (laughs) Well, uh, this this French fry charmer, he definitely has a recipe for success when it comes to concocting. uh, like a, a method to attract the opposite sex. I, I thought that food was supposed to be the way to a man's heart and the stomach, but hey, you, you know. Um, now, if you're looking for a good recipe for disaster, there's a mom in Jacksonville that just might have the perfect idea. Ah. Uh, so it's going to be a little hard for this woman to claim her crime wasn't premeditated. Uh, a 34-year-old woman named Edith Riddle went to her daughter's middle school in Jacksonville, Florida. Edith had a boxing glove on her left hand. Her daughter started a fight with another girl, and then Edith joined in, throwing some punches <laughs> while the other girl was on the ground. The girl wow. wound up with cuts on her knees and arms, and her parents said they want to press charges. So Edith was arrested and charged with child abuse with a special mm-hmm. weapon. She told the cops the boxing glove was super glued to her wrist, so she couldn't <laughs> take it off. And, uh, well, I'm sure that's uh, there's quite a backstory behind that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. That's... <laughs> no, the bad news, I think, here is that she could never um, be on the PTA board anymore. But the good news yeah. is she may have just secured herself a new job as their next boxing coach. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. 
Um, I, you know, so I can't really, um, an adult fighting a child and not only that, a child who is already on the ground from being hit earlier. I don't yeah. know. This does not sit well for anybody. Not a lot of foresight. Well, I, I, I tell you, I could, I, apparently this, this mom was a regular Mike Tyson in that cafeteria, but luckily she didn't chew on any ears. <laughs> Only ears you get in the cafeteria are corn. That's right. That's right. Roasting ears is what they were called when I was a kid. You, so, you come from a strange place. Well, the, here's the, the funny thing about that. I mean, I've heard them called roasting ears because you roast the ears of corn. A lot of times you put them like in the, you keep them in the shucks and you can roast them on the grill, you know, oh, that'd be good. but my grandmother, grandma Tuttle, she, she would like blur the words together and call them roast ears. And <laughs> I never could understand. I'm serious. I never understood. She said, well, we got us some roast ears for supper tonight. And I'm like, what the devil is that? It's corn <laughs> on the cob. <laughs> never, I've never forgotten that. She, she's the only person I've ever heard of call them Roshniers before, and I, that's just one for the record books. But definitely, I, I'm sure there's a lot of folks at that school the, where the mother went to do her boxing who would just love to have this lady go and drop in a hole somewhere. But I guess there was another Florida woman who actually did that and went missing for weeks. This is a woman who went missing. Uh, and lucky to be alive, actually. Um, the Delray Beach Fire Rescue Team pulled this unidentified woman out of a storm drain in Delray Beach after a pedestrian heard cries for help. Okay, they say that the drain is like eight feet deep, and it's really unclear as to how long that poor woman was stuck down there. Police say the woman was reported missing to the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, and officials say that whenever she was rescued, she was weak naked and afraid, I guess, but didn't have the strength to stand up. Authorities are also trying to figure out how did she get inside the drain as the opening is too small for an adult? And of course, how did she get naked? That's the biggest thing. Of course, on the bright side, I guess this isn't even close to the skeeziest place in Florida. I know that. Oh, that's right. Um, that's well, yeah, no, that's nowhere close. There's a lot of those, a lot to choose from. Um, that, that's insane, though. I've, I've heard some pretty crazy stories before, but uh, imagine you said it was eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess but, I mean, there could be worse places when it comes to, um, you know, being able to collect water at least. But it's a good thing that there weren't like steam vents or anything down there either. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that TV show Naked and Afraid, that's all they need now is to have someone naked and afraid in a Florida storm. <laughs> right. It's another kind of wild um, or it's, it's also called a, um, a Florida, uh, I guess what, like a hostel hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Florida <It's> a, hostel. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I feel bad, um, at least for this lady here, cause she could have died being trapped down there in the storm drain for that long. So I, it does sound like a miracle that she made it out. Um, now yeah. if I had a choice in how I wanted to die, uh, I've made this joke with Mrs. Poncho before that uh, we're yeah. going to go out Viking funeral style, right? Um, <laughs> in a blaze of glory. And I just told her, you better hope that I, I don't die first because the only way that you're going to get a ride to Valhalla is with me. And, uh, well, she'll yeah. get thrown on the, the burning pile if it was a real Viking. That being said, yeah. Um, yeah. well, there, there 
may not be any cooler funeral than a Viking funeral, minus the um, the needless death, I guess. Uh, but that's when your remains are set on fire and set out to sea as well. And so, unfortunately, uh, Viking funerals are basically illegal everywhere in the U.S. There are two spots, though, in Colorado where you can burn people's remains outdoors, but they only allow 12 funerals a year. But that might wow. be changing. Maine is considering a bill right now that would legalize Viking funerals and open-air cremations. Now, the only requirements wow. are that uh, you have to do them through nonprofits that have at least 20 acres of space. Now, Maine wow. already has the highest percentage of people picking cremation over getting buried. Uh, about three out of four people, actually, in Maine go for cremation. So if this passes... They could get cremated in a way that's so much cooler. And, um, well, I don't think that we're going to be able to throw the spouse on top of the, the pyre, but I, it would be so, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm terrified of deep water in the ocean, sounds like a good idea yeah. to me. Well, uh, my wife has said more than one on one occasion that when she go when she dies, she says just throw my body in the backyard and throw some gasoline on it and set it on fire. <laughs> I mean, that's ex that's exactly what she. Well, I could see you wanting a Viking funeral only because your hopes of the just the currents and the shoreline washing your body back ashore, where you get to freak someone out. Yes, that's true. That would be that would be a riot, <laughs> you know. Of course, if, if you if you were cremated after dying from a bout of bad gas, you would definitely go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, what one what one fellow though in Thailand, he had such a bad case of bad gas. Well, he goes to the doctor. And well, let's just say, well, it wasn't being caused by bad sushi. Okay, uh, this this just about is the most horrifying reason I think I've ever heard of for bad gas. Okay, it, it, this is a 67 year old guy. His name is Nong Kai. He lives in Thailand. He goes to the doctor. He's had, well, the farts for three whole weeks. He can't he can't stop farting. Okay, now if this had happened to my son. It'd be the funniest thing in the world because he can, you know, I mean, so in any case, well, it turns out there's a reason why he has been farting incessantly for three solid weeks. It's because he had a 59 foot tapeworm living in his Ooh. body. Okay. Good Lord. The doctors think he may have got it from eating raw beef. So that's first thing. My question is why, why? I mean, that anyway, but believe it or not, uh, that five-foot tapeworm is not the longest one that's ever been pulled out of a person. The longest one is the record-setting 82 feet, which got pulled out of a guy in India. This is a story that Mrs. Poncho is going to hear right after the recording here, because I can I just want to see her, her cringe face on this. Well, I mean, you should have seen my face cringe when I saw the pictures. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know, I'm not a parasite. I don't know anyone who is a fan of parasites, but tapeworms are one of those things that just oh, oh it just makes you sick it just makes you sick yeah well that the, the the only thing that's worse than thinking of a tapeworm especially a five, 59 foot tapeworm is the worms that they pull out of your ear canal or something yeah. like that i you know but now that i i kind of realize I, there might be a couple friends that i have that may need to get checked for a tapeworm um yeah, yeah. well I, so i'd imagine with um 
I don't know, 59 feet. There's, there's a lot to, to grab onto with them. Um, so <laughs> I mean, hopefully it was easy for the doctors to pull that thing out. But uh, here, here's some paramedics here that I have. They had to be called to help this um, poor sap pull out his worm. Uh, <laughs> so here's what happens when any old um, amateur thinks that they could build it and use a glory hole. Um, you leave it to those of us with experience. Um, now I'm, I, w- I would probably be, I guess, one of those amateurs here, but, um, there is a guy named Eric and he and his wife, Katie were role-playing handyman and lonely housewife when they came up with the idea to have the quote unquote handyman remove a doorknob, then they'd have sex through the hole. So right right nothing sounds great you know i just i don't get that now so for eric uh he he took some quote-unquote enhancement pills and they actually did start to be able to um you know do the deed through the door and uh well his junk got stuck and he was in so much pain that they had to call 911 the paramedics couldn't get no. in free, so they had to saw off part of the door. <laughs> and, and Eric w- went um, to the, the um, ER with his junk stuck in a square, little square piece of wood. Now, fortunately, the doctors managed to get him free without any permanent damage down there. Um, I, I think the only permanent damage uh, is going to be to his um, his pride. Yes. Now they were also they were featured on the TLC show. Sex sent me to the ER. I was sanding down the door, putting the hinges on, and I had to cut a really small hole because, of course, Katie has to have a vintage doorknob. I had an amazing idea. At the time, I thought it was a stroke of genius, and she loves when I'm really goofy. (laughs) I was surprised by how turned on I was. I got so excited that I just said, we should have sex right now through this door. Eric took so much of the ED medication that it caused extra swelling to happen. Well, that sounds like a real ratings uh, winner no, right, right there. I was like, you know, I guess you, saying, can, you know, when I said I wanted to get banged, I didn't mean like a door. Well, I can honestly say he was certainly sporting oh, some that, wood. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 well, I, look, you got you to gotta give him credit, though, for trying to keep the flame alive, you know? Uh, I, some flames I don't think deserve to uh, – I think some deserve to go out, maybe. <laughs> I, I think his mistake was using the enhancement drugs. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. there could have been worse mistakes. Imagine not sanding the door first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or, or even worse, how about splinters? Oh, oh. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I, I know what most people are probably thinking is like, what would possess a moron to poke his pecker into a doorknob hole anyway? I don't know, but. Probably the same thing that would possess some guy to think of preparing a hot breakfast while watching a volcanic volcanic eruption. I mean, friends, I, I have to say this is pretty much one of the reasons I like doing this podcast, okay, is because of these idiots that do this sort of thing. Now, you may have heard of the long dormant volcano in Iceland that started erupting, um, and a lot of folks have gone up to see this thing. It's uh, the volcano on the uh, Reykjanes Peninsula near Iceland's capital, Reykjavik. I actually saw some video of this, and it's pretty amazing. Now, it's not blowing up, you know, hundreds of feet. It's just kind of 
you know, gurgling out and rolling down the side, but it's kind of cool to watch. And there's like people walking around out there watching this thing gurgle all this lava out. So it was actually the area's first volcanic eruption in nearly 800 oh, wow. years. So I yeah, Iceland's civil protection officials, they were gesturing all the dozens of people just to move away from the lava. It was just literally a few yards behind them just so they didn't get hurt. But of course, there's always those though there's always these people, okay? There's one of the visitors thought, well, it'd be kind of cool to maybe attempt a little volcanic culinary creation and I'll cook some bacon and eggs on the lava. What possesses somebody to do this? I don't know, but the results is what you might have already expected. The pan melted. <laughs> <laughs> so so got got a little extra minerals into the bacon and eggs. Although the officials say they, they don't anticipate evacuations because the volcano is in a remote area, about a mile and a half or so from the nearest road. But can you imagine, you know, setting the skillet down on the hot lava to cook your bacon and eggs and just have the thing just melt? I mean, what do you think oh, they I, would I have done? This. I mean, next you're going to see people trying to roast marshmallows and s'mores over the, um, you know, you're like, okay, so the, the <laughs> trick is you can't put the pan down on the lava. So we're just going to roast hot yes. dogs above the lava. Of course, of course, you know. But I, I mean, I don't think they have, to, they, don't, they, they don't stop to think that you're, you're not, you're looking at melted rock, okay? That's not like wood. It's not the <laughs> same thing. But anyway, Anyway, so, but uh, I, I guess nothing ventured, oh, nothing yes. gained, I, right? I, I love that story uh, whenever I saw that. That's just insane. Well, we've got some Ask Poncho questions that uh, I think uh, you you can probably assist in, in this one. And, and since you've turned 30, you're going to start finding that this might be a problem with you where you sit down and watch a good TV show and you nod off and go oh, to sleep. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's happened for sure. Though sometimes I enjoy that. Like that Mystery Science Theater 3000, it was always a 50 50 b oh, yeah. between whether I'd fall asleep mid movie show or yep. if I would just stay awake and, and laugh the whole way through. But no matter what happened, I was yep. always satisfied and happy. And it's still one of my favorite shows. Um, now, this is from, it is. This is Mine from too. Harvey. He says, uh, friends and family alike constantly berate me for not seeing some of the world's most beloved shows like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Queen's Gambit. Now, it's not that I'm against these shows or that I haven't tried. I've even liked what I've seen. However, since I was a kid, I always fall asleep watching television. I can rarely make it through a movie without nodding off, and I don't even feel tired when I sit down. I don't know what it is. I've always been kind of a restless guy, and I'm always on my feet. So once I'm down, I'm out. Not sure if I should get a stationary hmm. bike just so I'll have something to do while trying to binge TV. What do you think? Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I, I can be at times a little bit like you, Harvey. Where I'm like, I'm a light switch. I'm either all on yeah. or all off. And when I'm on, I recycle my own energy. Yeah. So the moment I stop, I know I'm, it's all going to catch up to me. And I'm just going to, I'm going to start to just go down. Um, but like, so what well, I was going to say, well, I mean, what helps me get exercise. You're going to get a huge boost of energy from that. But it sounds like you're getting plenty of exercise anyway. The problem is you're probably on your feet too much that by the time you get a chance to stop, you're, you're done and out. 
Um, so, I mean, I don't know, get, go to bed early, get caught up on some sleep to make it happen, or you're experiencing real life instead. So, uh, you know, at the end of your life, you're not going to be sad that you missed a TV show when you've been out experiencing the world. Yeah, yeah well, my, my parents had the same problem. My mom would nod off, go to sleep, you know, right in the middle of a TV show. My dad would do the same thing, and usually my dad would put on a football game, and by the second quarter, he was already sawing <laughs> logs. So that's that's usually the case. So usually the TV's on, and, of course, my mom would go and turn off the TV, and that would wake my dad up, and he'd say, hey, I was watching that. He's the, he's the guy that everyone makes so, the stereotype about. That's right. That's right. So, well, I've got another one here, and this one might be a little interesting, okay? I've never had a hot tub. And I think it'd be kind of cool to have one or a jacuzzi or something. But here's a question that um, Carla has. She's asking for help. She says she thinks her husband does not want to get a hot tub because he thinks it means they'll have to have company over more often. I'm not sure what that means, but she says this. She goes, I've got back trouble, so I've always wanted to have a hot tub. And right now we have the means and the room for it. So we've been talking about it. Now, originally, she says, my husband was all for it, but now he thinks that just because we have a hot tub, we would be expecting to host gatherings. My husband is a bit antisocial, and he especially hates entertaining. But I assured him that we don't need to have any unwanted guests, but he's not only anticipating our friends coming over, but also our two teenage sons. So can you reassure my introverted husband that a hot tub does not necessarily mean that he has to come out of his shell. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Whatever. You don't have to invite people over. They don't They don't deserve your hot tub just because they exist. They've got to earn your hot tub, and that's on your discretion. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah. that is, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> and also, there's one surefire way to make sure that you don't have guests anymore. You just got to be that really crazy person that goes mm. off on there. I don't know what it is. That's not, I guess. What I would just tell people is, look, if you're going to use a hot tub, the rule is everybody has <laughs> to get go. in naked. No, I mean, you might attract the wrong crowd if you do that, though. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> they might get the wrong, <laughs> wrong meaning on something like that. Okay, we're ready to play some insane games and i have my uh my game sound effects ready to go this time now oh perfect just in time for the new quarter just in time for the new quarter exactly so you got uh you got you got your confidence with you and you're ready to go (laughs) i'm either confident or cocky one or the other well either one will work just fine okay so why don't we uh well this is true this is true well, we'll start off. We'll see how well you do, uh, as we always do, with a steakhouse or a gay bar. How does that sound? All right. Perfect. Okay. Your first business for steakhouse or gay bar comes uh, called the Silver Fox of Casper, Wyoming. The Silver Fox has to be a gay bar. You say it's a gay bar, huh? Got you. <clears throat> nope. Oh, No. It's a steakhouse. <laughs> All right. Let's try Sparky's Garage in Butte, Montana. <laughs> Sparky's Garage, Butte, Montana. Okay, well, I'm thinking that this needs to be a steakhouse. That's right. You got that. Of course, in Butte, Montana, it better be a steakhouse. I was right. thinking so. Exactly. Now, this one is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's called Hunter's. 
Hunters, um, Fort Lauderdale. You know, I'm going to go with a steakhouse on this one. Oh, that uh, happened. You bet. You'd be surprised if you went to Hunters in Fort Lauderdale expecting steak. I can tell you that. <laughs> wrong kind of meat. That's right. Wrong kind of meat. That's right. <laughs> and th now this one, yep, steak so on. You came for steak, and I ended up getting a hot dog. Yeah, or a tube steak. <laughs> 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 now, here's one you'll have to think on. This is the Strip House in New York, New York. Oh, man. So I like the name because it totally sounds like it's going to be some kind of, you know, uh, shady business. But I think this is actually a steakhouse. That's right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. And your last business, the Wooden Nickel in Crested Butte, Colorado. The wooden nickel. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hunch and go with a gay bar on this one. That oh. was the wrong hunch. It was a steakhouse. Remember, Crested Butte, Crested Butte, Colorado. <laughs> it's this oh, old yeah. brain of mine now. It's moving a little slower than it used to. Well, it's 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 also you know coming up on Easter weekend. You're kind of in a vacation mode, maybe I guess. But all right. Your next uh, category is golf course or rehab. Okay. So your first business is um, Magic City of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Magic City. Um, I, I'm going to go with golf course. You say golf course. Mm, afraid not. It's a rehab. Oh. And you your next business, Shadow Creek in North Las Vegas, Nevada. Shadow Creek. I would expect there to be some, um, well, I would definitely expect some rehabs in Las Vegas, too. I'm going to go rehab, actually, on this one. It's a golf course. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. All right. I'm okay. Re recalibrate everything here. Do some recalibrating and uh, see how you can do with the next category, which is going to be the Atlantic Club in Ocean City, Maryland. The Atlantic Club. I think that this has got to be a golf course here. Mm, it's oh a gosh. rehab. I didn't recalibrate. <laughs> I said I did, and then I went with my actual hunch that I knew yeah. was off. Yeah, all right. And your fourth business Winding Hills, or maybe it's Winding, but it's spelled Winding. Winding Hills of Montgomery, New York. I'm going to go golf course. Ah, there we go. That sounds more like it. I, I like that. And sound. your yes, and your last business is the Oaks North in San Diego, California. Oaks North. I'm going to go with a um, another golf course. That is correct. Not too shabby. All right. So let's see what else we got here. How about Porn Star Weatherman? All right. I like this one. That's right. And there's some good ones on this one here for sure. So <laughs> okay. the first first name is Frank Towers. Frank Towers. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with actually a porn star on this one. <laughs> That's correct. That's very good. All right. Your next entertainer's name, Casey Curry. It's a female. Stacy Curry. I think this is actually nope, a weather. Nope. What? It, it's Casey Curry. Casey Curry. Well, even more so, this is a weatherman for sure. You got that alliteration, that superhero sound. 
That's right. Uh, she's a meteorologist for ABC TV in Houston. So now your third uh, entertainer's name is John Dawson. John Dawson. Um, I, I'm going to go weatherman for this one as well. Correct again. Very good. Weatherman in Fox 26 of Houston. And your fourth entertainer, Kevin King. Kevin King. I'm going to go with a porn star here. That's really good. That, right. Was that just a complete hunch, or were you actually had a, a, re a reasoning for that? Uh, well, anytime there's a short-sounding, um, like, like not many syllables in a name, but you try to pick a strong-sounding right. name, sounds like someone who's trying to puff up their chest a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Your last name is Eric Dean. Eric Dean. Um, you know, if the first name was Dean, I would go with a porn star, but I'm going to go with a weatherman on this one. That would be a weatherman for K2 TV in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Right. I think you got every one of them on that, didn't you? Frank Towers. I guess my, my poor name, I, I make it Skyscraper Jones. I like that. Definitely like that. <laughs> Although, well, I don't know what you would call a, a guy, what you would name a guy who would uh, decide to, you know, maybe film a, uh, a, a porn movie with a doorknob hole. <laughs> oh, I, 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 the Townhouse um, McGee. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, Woody, Woody King. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, well, we'll go with a uh, strip club or daycare next. So let's see how well you do on these businesses here. Okay. Your first, your first business is the Red Barn in West Berlin, New Jersey. All right. The Red Barn. Um, I'm going to go with a uh, – this would be um, like a strip club or daycare. I'm going to go daycare. It is a strip club and adult bookstore. Oh, it's the Red Barn District. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, all right. Your next business, Giggles and Wiggles in Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> when you put this in the topic <laughs> it is, it makes it sound so dirty. Um, I <laughs> hope to God, and I'm not taking his name in vain, that this is a daycare. That's what I'm going with. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. I, it would be a little odd to say that you're taking your kids to giggles and wiggles and turns out to be a strip club. That would be so. <laughs> lots of, lots of wiggles and giggles going on there too. I'm sure. Oh, got that right. <laughs> and your third business is called rising stars of Daytona beach, Florida. Rising stars. I'm going to go with a, a, a daycare here. Correct. Very good. All right. And this next one is in Ocean City, Maryland. It's called the Purple Moose. Uh, Purple Moose. I'm going to, I think this sounds like a strip club to me. That's correct. It's a strip club. Very good. And your last one, the candy store in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> I hope that uh, this is a daycare. Oh, I have a <laughs> yep and well of course being in phoenix i'm pretty sure that's, that's probably what would be the case i thought if you could convince so, your kids are going to the candy store they'd be excited to go there and you trick them into getting into into daycare but uh 
Well, of course. Yes. Or you trick dad into doing something else while the kids are in daycare. <laughs> I'm just going to the candy store, so. uh, you know, for bring bring something back for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Our last and best one, fake news or Florida. Oh, yeah. So We'll see how well you do with these headlines. So your first headline is about a Port St. Lucie man. He was arrested 15 minutes after being released from jail for burglarizing cars in the jail's parking lot. <laughs> I can see this being real. I'm going to go Florida. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. 100% real. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. So didn't take him long. So apparently he wanted to get... He wanted those three hots in a cot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Your next headline. A Bradenton Walmart manager was arrested for shoplifting $25,000 worth of spam over the course of five years after security uncovered an elaborate smuggling operation. Of spam? Um, yeah. You know, this is, I think, too weird to not be true. I'm going to go with Florida. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's fake news. Oh man, I, say, I know a lot of the the um, Cubans and, and Puerto Ricans down here love spam. So I thought, hey, there's a chance. Hey, let me tell you something. Nothing's better than a fried spam sandwich. I will take your word for that. <laughs> I've tried okay. it before. I can't. All I right. can't say that nothing's better than that. Yes. Well, all right. Your third headline: A parent of a Gainesville Girl Scout was busted for using the cookie order sheet as code for her marijuana business. <laughs> this is clever. Um, I think this is Florida. You think it's Florida? Uh, oh, really? Fake news. I could totally see that but, happening. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really believable. Very much so. <laughs> All right. Your fourth headline, a Collier County woman was arrested for having relations with her dogs after her boyfriend leaked a video to the police. Oh, man. Um, I think this is Florida on this one. And uh, uh, I wish yeah, it was That's right. Though. Yeah, somebody likes it rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> that's my nose. <laughs> yes, that's right. So your last headline, a Boca Raton valet parking attendant was busted for Grand Theft Auto after stealing a Ferrari from a country club and taking it out on a date. Um, you know, I I could see this happening, but it also seems like the plot of a movie, which makes me think this might be fake news. That would be fake uh -huh. news indeed. So, well, I have to admit, I had some, some ones in there that actually oh, threw you yeah, a curveball. Oh, yeah, you got me on a couple of those. It was like they were yeah. like a doppelgangers were, for Florida stories. Yeah, well, don't worry. Maybe they'll be uh, some uh, future Florida stories. <laughs> yeah, that's always the case. There's any fake news on these. It's just a future Florida story waiting to happen. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, listen, enjoy your big birthday party tomorrow. Oh, thank you. We'll be grilling and so, uh, should have some, some good friends and company and uh, a nice little cake that the, the missus has baked for the, the one-year-old. Uh, so he's going to get to smash it all up and get it everywhere. Nice. Nice. And, of course, plenty of balloons. Yes. Too many balloons. You know, this podcast would not be possible without sources of stupidity. Thanks to the talented writers from folks at A-List Comedy, Ad Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, 
Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.